Hello. I am, re- I am ready. I'm ready to go. I want to talk about the, before you get into it, I want to talk about the Vince McMahon thing. I want to implicate and indict as many people as I can because I'm just in that mood tonight. I'm the like, if I was a, uh, a prosecutor, I'd have the whole bunch already convicted and possibly in jail. On that note, hello, hello, hello. It is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom, SP3. We are back once again on Sports Kita by Wrestle Binge for another edition of Smack Talk, our review of WWE SmackDown from tonight, February 16, 2024. I am with legendary wrestler, manager, creative mind, and mustache. The president and owner of University of Dutch, it is Dutch Mantel. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. And uh, the reason for my outburst at the start of the show was I was talking to, 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 to Sid, and he said, have you seen this interview? And I don't know where my head went. And I said, what interview? And then he played a part of it for me, and we're going to talk about it a little later. Yes, I did see that. And... Uh, We'll get into that just a little bit later. You want to start off by talking to the about that show tonight? Well, tonight's show was, of course, centered around The Rock and Roman Reigns, their first in-ring kind of uh, segment together since uniting at the WWE WrestleMania 40 kickoff show from last week. They were in the ring in tonight's main event segment. We've had two... Uh, elimination chamber qualifying matches for the women's chamber match as well as two for the men's chamber match the men's chamber match lineup is completely filled we have one more spot to fill over on the women's side so a couple of different things going on on the show but we first before we get into the show we do need to discuss more involving the whole Vince McMahon uh you know drama controversy lawsuit and everything my, falling out my, from that. My favorite, my favorite subject, really. Last week we talked about the uh, the the indictment and the allegations that was uh, said by Ashley Manzaro about the mm-hmm. uh, what happened to her on a visit to uh, the troops uh, in Kuwait, and now we have her best friend that has come out in an interview. Uh, I believe this was on, was it on CNN? It was on some uh, TV network. So it was on national TV. She publicly saying that she, uh, that Ashley Manzaro went into a board meeting with basically the heads of WWE, Vince McMahon, Stephanie McMahon, John Laronitis. And they were basically told, told Ashley that she needed to keep what happened to her under wraps and that she couldn't make it public. And they basically, uh, everyone knew of this whole, thing and it implicates stephanie mcmahon which is the major kind of headline from her words that she said in this interview dutch what do you think about all of this and now stephanie's name being you know said said firmly involved in this whole situation with ashley manzaro well unofficially i think everybody knew everything about vince to begin with It would just kept quiet. Nobody wanted to say anything about it because they're afraid they're going to lose their job. I I get that. But a crime was being committed all during those years of Vince being and owning WWF. 
it started with reader Rita Chatterton. Yeah. And everything was shut up about that. Oh, don't say nothing about this. And then they had that on, it was all over TV, but this latest uh, charge <clears throat> has been reported all over the world, all over the world, even in all of Europe, all of Africa, everything. Cause everybody, WWE programming is everywhere. In Africa, it's, it's Europe, Asia, and everybody that has a TV and looks at it and watches wrestling. And, you know, a lot of people watch it, not regularly, but, you know, a lot of people may not even understand it, may not be in their language, but they'll still watch it and they can see what Vince looks like. So when some news comes out about Vince, well, yeah, we're going to report on this, but it, it doesn't look good for Vince, doesn't look good for, uh, that old regime up there, of course, is, they're under new owner owners now, Endeavor. And I think getting Vance out of there, I think this was all set up to move him out because they thought they'd moved him out anyway. Then all of a sudden, through his power of his ownership and shares, voting shares, I mean, they couldn't get nothing done if Vince was voting on it because he'd voted down. So now they weren't running the company. They were just, they just, they just were the owners, but weren't in charge, wasn't in charge of it. So then they went behind Vince's back, <clears throat> leaked this story to the New York Post. Everybody else picked it up from there. And then it's been all down. It's all, it's all defense now for, for Vince. Now, talking about what we saw on TV. And I saw it when it came out. I didn't pay a lot of attention to it because I was having to run somewhere. But it resurfaced today. And it was the best friend of Ashley Mazzara. Went into a uh, a board meeting or a like a leadership. Not the best, not the best friend. It was Ashley Mazzara went into the board meeting. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Ashley Mazzara went in there and she was – and this was – Ashley's best friend telling the story and she went in there and she was totally shot down. They told her it's best for business. Screw you as an individual. Screw you as a human was what they were saying. Doesn't matter what happened to you. It's what happens to our bottom line because they had a contract with the armed services, uh, United States armed services to provide entertainment all over the world, I guess, for these for these soldiers. And I, I was in the Army, and I saw the USO shows and all this. This was a little different, but they didn't want anything putting a bad mark on them representing WWE on these bases. And they told her to shut up. And it was interesting to who was in attendance that day, uh, Stephanie McMahon, was there and you would think her being a female she would be the most receptive to it and the most sympathetic from what i hear she was the least sympathetic or one of the least sympathetics uh, uh sympathetic of, of all in attendance vince was there i guess bruce pritchard was there john laurinitis was there and all the people that knew about Vince's earlier exploits 
are now hearing this and they're, but they're not wanting to hear it and they're not going to do anything about it. If she'll just be quiet over there, we'll, we'll handle this internally without this, all this big hullabalub out of our control. Now, if they were smart, they say, listen, they would have called her aside. We're going to give you this just, and we hate it happened. Show a little sympathy anyway. Throw her some money, do something. But I don't even think they did that. They just told her to, to shut up about it and go on and do her business. So is that what you understood that what happened at this that, meeting? That's what it sounded like from what she what she sounded like, or she was just basically turned away and shot down, or her feelings wasn't kind of met at all. There was no sympathy, no empathy at all. That's what it really kind of sounded like from her explanation of what Ashley well, told her what happened to her. Well, I'm embarrassed by it, and I'm I'm hurt for her. Because somebody told me one time, if you want to really see how you would feel about a subject, put somebody you love in Ashley Mazzaro's place or a woman who's been sexually abused. Put your daughter in there. Put your sister in there. Put your cousin in there. Put somebody in there you care something about, and then the whole equation changes. Now, you don't want to see them hurt. You don't want to see... You know, guys being guys, and but I, I was reading that, and I was saying I cannot believe somebody can be that callous, especially Stephanie. If it happened, if it happened, is what I'm saying. I can't see her being as calloused uh, that you seem to be against another female, and it would just. But I. I totally believe that story. I totally believe it, that that could have happened. Because if they were in a meeting with Vince, of course they're going to take Vince's side in it or agree with him because they have no choice unless they want to walk out the door that day. He could just call him over and say, you're finished, get your stuff and get out. And then you're done. You, you're fired on the spot. So I think a lot of those guys didn't feel that way but they had no recourse but to go go along with it. And I and I would hate to be in their position. I really would because I, I couldn't sleep at night. I would wake up and I'd say, hell, there's other jobs. May not be pay what that job paid, but there's other jobs, but I don't have to, I don't have to sacrifice my morals to work here. And I think that's what they did. But I totally believe in uh, but, but if they did she report that to the base commander? I I don't do you know. know. I, I don't know what uh, type of chain of command. I know that they were going over for a, per, a performance for the troops. So it's not about her reporting it to the chain commander of the troops or whatever. It's her, her reporting it to her boss. She did that. That's the only thing she had to do. It's not, I don't. I'm not going to ask any questions about who else okay. she told. I think that's enough. But when she reported that, it went no farther. Yeah. It never got to the base commander. Probably right? not. Probably. I, I don't I don't know. I, I don't know. We can only go by the information that we've been uh, given so far. I don't know uh, if it got as far as to back to the troops. And we don't know 
who knew what? We don't know if the base commander knew already, but it, mm-hmm. without them notifying her, like that—that's going down a whole rabbit hole that I don't think that we need to go down. I think that we kind of address the kind of the. No, I think we need issue. to go down these ra- We need to go down <laughs> these rap. We need to go down these rabbit holes. It's a it's a rabbit think- hole. It's a rabbit hole because there's no end to it. There's no end to it. There's no solution to it. Well, Bruce. Bruce Pritchard just came out and he's, he's starting to make some comments now, not about this, but some other comments. Have you, have you read anything he said? I I believe that he was, he kind of said that it is a, an ongoing lawsuit, so he can't address it kind of too much into, into the detail that a lot of people want him to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it, it's kind of, I, it's kind of like what we said, what we said, triple H probably should have said, during the press conference instead of what he did say is just stay the hell away from it because it's a lawsuit and it's ongoing and it's understandable oh, yeah. if you don't want to talk about and, it. And, and nobody wants to get involved in that because not only could you be implicated in it, especially if you knew something about it, it's going to cost you some money. Now you've got to retain counsel to, to defend yourself. And those lawyers aren't cheap. You know, if, It'd probably cost you ten, twenty thousand dollars just to defend yourself in it. You may be as innocent as a uh, day is pure, if you believe that. But and then you get out of it, and it may be I don't I don't know. So it's it is a mess. It's ongoing, and Vince has been kind of quiet, and his counsel's been kind of quiet this last week. Well. Too very wisely he needs to be quiet but got to take care of some maintenance here if you're watching us we got 173 of you watching across all three platforms we appreciate y'all for joining us live we are here every single friday following smack uh, smackdown on smack talk right here on sports kita by wrestle binge youtube channel sports kita facebook and the twitch channel so if you're watching us on facebook drop the like that helps us out so so much with the algorithm and gets everybody else to watch the video along with you if you're watching us on facebook you can drop a like a heart an angry emoji a laugh emoji do do something however tonight's smackdown made you feel you could do that with one of those emotes over on uh facebook and of course if you're watching us on twitch if you're watching us on facebook you're watching us on youtube sound off in the live chat we'll try to highlight some comments but the most important thing you can send a super chat donation if you want a shout out you want your name that's what i like yep you want a question? You have a question that you want to have read? The best way to do that is with a super chat donation, like Chuck Berry's, one of the good brothers who's a if, supporter. If that is oh, his real he, name, Chuck uh, Berry. Hey, hey is that I his real name? Him. I believe him. I'll take him. I'll take. I'll take him at his name, and I'll take his money. Uh, okay. Thank you, Chuck Berries. We appreciate the support. He says, uh, "When was the last time that WWE has done a tribute to the troops on the military?" insulation were they done doing that by the time you were back with wwe no they were doing them they were doing them oh yeah oh okay and and how was kind of describe like how those trips are well you get on to that i hear they put you on a military plane you know you're sitting there like the troops they don't buy you a ticket i don't think and you're sitting there, and you got this big cargo. You've seen the big cargo space. It's big enough to put a big tank in. Let me say that. It's big. 
And if you want to put seats in there, you can put seats in there. And, uh, and they say it's not, not that bad. But, of course, it's what you're used to. I, I would think it might be not that comfortable. But uh, I, I've heard the, the tours are pretty good. The troops are great. And, of course, they, they WWE sends that over there as, as a the military pays for it. Of course, the I think the WWE wants everybody to think they're doing it out of the goodness of their hearts. You know, Vince don't do stuff like that. He don't do out of the goodness of my heart for anything because he's a businessman. But uh, I guess they get – I don't know what they get. But they do go over there, and the military, they are good hosts. Uh, and when I was in the military, yeah, I saw Bob Hope. Because it was out there, he didn't have a big stage and not a lot of lights. It was like at one o'clock in the afternoon, and he was out there trying to tell jokes or do something <laughs> in the middle of a baseball field. Or, but at least he was there. And Anne Margaret, you remember her? You remember Anne Margaret? Anne Mar I've heard the yeah. name before. Well, she was there too. She was like a, you know, like a sex symbol, and she was there. She was very nice, and it was. But I guess that was before they started doing all this backstage stuff in the in the military stuff, like Ashley Bizarro describes. Anyway, if it did happen, no, which I, I mean, can't I've say heard, it did, we've I've heard stories for for years dating back to even those those days of stuff like that. Well, so, so, and yeah. it may have happened. It's been around since forever. Yeah. So, and and it and it may have happened, but in this case. Ashley Mazzaro, I think it really, uh, she's dead now. She killed herself, I think. She quit wrestling, yes. Am I correct on this? She quit wrestling. She had a sick mother. And one day she just decided to end it all and went out there and shot herself. And that I really, really hate. Because if it bothered her that bad, and she had nobody to help her. Where WWE should have been her protector. Apparently, from what we're hearing now, they didn't protect her at all. She oh. was on her own. So, and that's really, really sad. So, you know, we want to send our best, you know, uh, prayers to Ashley Manzaro's family, her friends. Uh, you know, God bless her soul. Rest in peace, uh, Ashley, because it, it's, it's, it's so sad to kind of learn everything that kind of wrestling took from her uh, instead of, you know, giving to her her life and getting getting a lot out of the career it feels like it took more from her than it gave to her well vince vince was very vindictive i've heard this story for as long as i've heard his name if he got a little pissed at you and he was going to give you a little bit of a push that was all gone he would take you after the next week and have, have you beaten two minutes or less, but he wouldn't say you would, he wanted you, you could be a star, but if you did something he didn't like, it could be as just nothing like you didn't say hello to him or something. He just developed a disliking for you. You were done. So not only did you have to fight your fight in the ring, you had to do it backstage too. Watch what you say, who you say it to, who you say it in front of. And it's a uh, backstage is, is, is where the battles are fought. 
you know, that decides if one guy doesn't want to put another guy over, well, he'll just call Vince in the room and just, just lay it down. And if he's of any importance to him, they'll just change it. A guy could get it changed. But they needed this guy to help this guy, but this guy refused. So the guy got beat, but he got beat probably in, in, a, in a worse way, which, I mean, he could be turned around if they wanted to uh, work on it, but Vince didn't see a need to do that. So you were you were kind of screwed, anyway. Yeah. So of course we're going to talk more about Vince McMahon and everything else falling out from the lawsuit, his departure from WWE in the weeks to come. It seems like every week a new story, a new information comes out. So we'll follow up with that next week right here on Smack Talk. But we got to get into tonight's Friday Night Smackdown. So keep sounding off in the live chat. Send those super chats if you want to talk and give your thoughts on tonight's Smackdown. But it was centered around The Rock and Roman Reigns in the main event. Them coming out together. The undisputed WWE Universal Champion and the People's Champion together at last in the ring together for the first time since the wrestlemania 40 kickoff show uh i will just say there was parts of this i liked there was parts of this i was confused about it mm-hmm. just felt weird i don't i don't what, know what were you confused about um so like okay uh, I I understand like okay let me let me let me break down what what was said first okay. so <laughs> Paul Heyman presents Roman Reigns with a microphone in the ring Reigns tells uh, Salt Lake City to acknowledge him the crowd mm-hmm. replies Reigns asks the crowd if he could be honest with the crowd and proceeded to say that the people of Utah are idiots and just mm-hmm. like that. Reigns got his heel heat. Uh, <laughs> uh, Reigns said that he didn't want the fans to ruin a big night because when The Rock comes out, they might go dumb. He's going to say all his catchphrases and stuff like that. But everything they will say has meaning and purpose. And it's information everyone needs to understand. He then said tonight is history because The Rock will officially become a member of the bloodline. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, uh, then that brings out, you know, gives us the booze and then the rocks music hits and the crowd goes bonkers. Like, I was yep. like, I was like, I was like, oh, I was like, when he's not here, we boo. And when he, okay, yeah, when he's... I guess, uh, rock comes out. He has goosebumps because that pop, that pop was almost as loud or louder than the last time he came yep. out. Uh, rock was wearing his gold vest, which made me pop at home. Because I uh, he wore that gold. That was great. Oh my god, that was, that was great. That's like yeah. the first time in like two decades he's worn that gold vest, which is a signature a heel rock. Like he, the the Hollywood rock was the last time he was heel mm-hmm. in WWE. He wore the mm-hmm. leather leather cut off sleeve. So this is like a hybrid of his last two heel acts of corporate rock that had the, the 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 nice shirts and came out like that mixed with the the leather the leather vest uh Hollywood rock and he made it into the luxury the luxury shirt into a vest oh my god i was i was out of my chair on that it looked great on camera 
I looked at it and I went, wow. Cause I don't remember him wearing that because back in those days I was missing raw and I was doing something else. I wasn't paying a lot of attention to it, but when he wore it out tonight, it, it jumps at you. Now he's not wearing his regular stuff, his regular vest. He's wearing that, which now, you know, the rock has, has, has made a turn. I enjoyed his promo. I enjoyed when he said, Hey fatty, you keep talking. <laughs> Come out there and slap the taste. Oh, out right. Or whatever he said. I just feel like this promo would have been a lot better if it was in the middle of the show. Because, boy, oh, boy, did he realize that he, he got a – I feel like he got a count. He had to get a count because he rushed through the end of his promo because he realized he ran out of time. And the show went one over – it went one minute over what they usually end at. Uh, we I, thought back, it, I, thought it went, I thought it went over. Yeah. It went over. It went. It, it finished at like nine fifty nine when it usually ends at like. Sometimes yeah. it ends like like nine fifty six, nine fifty seven. Yeah. Like, like uh, the Rock had a microphone. He he soaks in a lot of noise, which was felt mixed, but a lot more cheers than booze to me. Uh, Rock said he had some good news to share. He said that it would make everyone happy, and the crowd. He said he said the and the crowd tonight. He said they broke an all time indoor attendance record for Salt Lake City. And all of Utah, they start cheering, mm-hmm. and The Rock says they broke the record for the biggest gathering of trailer park trash ever. And the crowd brewed. Uh, the, uh, the crowd. Yeah. He went in on the crowd, said that they're inbreds and everything. Then he finally says, "Finally," and they're saying it with him. I'm like, "Yeah, you make up your mind." He says, "Your life has meaning, and you and your 50 wives will have a story to tell." Rock calls all the. Yeah, he was great. <laughs> Great stuff. <laughs> Rock calls the people inbred. He says ultimately, uh, he says ultimately Rock hit uh he has come back to uh you know Salt Lake City line and the crowd cheered and sang along with him. Those cheers switched to booze at the rock yelled at someone in the crowd, called them fatty. Then he sla- mm-hmm. he said he'll slap the herpes off of another fan's lips. He <laughs> the rock says the big you guys had the biggest WrestleMania main event right in your hands and you let it go. You flushed it right down the toilet. He says all you wanted to say was we want Cody. We want Cody. (laughs) Uh, The Rock asks the fans what Uh, is Cody's story? The crowd gives him the what treatment. He turns that back on them. That was a good response. Rock points out that Roman beat Cody at WrestleMania last year. Rock says that Cody wants a rematch, but that's not how it works. He says that logic is is stupid. He says the Rock told everyone to shut their mouths in regards to the what chance. He then applies that logic to the Super Bowl. He says that he asks, what if the 49ers whined about their story not being finished after they lost the Super Bowl to the Kansas City Chiefs? He said, no, the 49ers moved on like men. He says it's personal, and he referenced how Michael Jordan crushed the dream of the Utah Jazz. And The Rock said the Utah Jazz didn't didn't whine and complain about their story. They worked their asses off to get right back to the top. See, this is where I was like, okay, this is where I felt like he got the call that he needed to rush it because he missed out on the line of saying, and then they got beat again the following year because that's how Mm -hmm. you get the heat. They missed the line to get the heat. 
You, you say, oh, you got back up, you got back to the top, and then you lost again to Michael Jordan. That was a line to get the heat to set that up, but he didn't even get to finish the line because he realized he had to rush through the rest of his promo. So he said, the real world doesn't mean people get a shot uh, at a story just because they want it. He called the fans, and he said, I quote, spoiled, entitled, little crybaby bitches. Uh, the Rock said that he will do everything in his power to make sure Cody walks out of WrestleMania a loser. Cody's story is ending, and the bloodlines is just beginning if you're some male and then he stops himself he says he finished he says he says you will not it's no sing along with the rock anymore he says if you smell what the bloodline is cooking and that's how very good that was a good way to end it yeah he included the bloodline in that catchphrase and that was a good way to end it i thought they ended it they were ahead of schedule anyway because i said what time is it because well, anyway, I just being around it and watching it so much, you can tell almost when you you. I'm gonna look at the clock anyway. So, but I didn't know they went over. I thought they were right there at it. But you you saying they did go over. Yeah. But the whole show. Let's go back and talk about the whole show. I I thought it was a. I thought it was a good show. I, you know who I was especially impressed by. Logan Paul. Logan I, Paul. I, I, I thought I thought Logan Paul and the Miz had the strongest uh, match of the show. But what do you think about the the Rock and uh, Roman Reigns as a duo? Um, I'm surprised that they didn't just go ahead and make the or at least make the challenge out there for what seems to be what they're setting up to be the main event of night one of WrestleMania of Roman and the Rock versus Cody and Seth. Mm-hmm. I don't either. Maybe they'll do that next week. Or the week after. That's true. Now they're going to Perth well, they, next they, week. They, they, they're, taping, they're taping the second episode right now. They're taping next okay. week right now. Okay, well, we'll see. We'll get some news from that. But how will the, the Perth is, the Perth tour is sold out, correct? In Australia? Perth? Um, I don't know if it's sold out. I know they have over 30,000 tickets sold, and probably nearly like 40,000 at this point. But how I believe, many people can they get? How many people can they get in there? Um, it looks pretty big. Perth Stadium, Lopez Stadium capacity. I'm checking right now for everyone. It is sixty-one thousand standing, well, including including standing room. So if you include like the uh, staging and stuff, I'm guessing WWE can get fifty thousand in there. Mm-hmm. Yep, they'll have a hell of a house anyway. Yeah, so, will. yeah. And if it, if you I'm, I'm looking. That, I'm looking forward get, to that show. You get over thirty thousand in there, you're good. Mm-hmm. That's good. So, yeah. wh- what else did you like about the show? Um, I did not like the show as much as you. I thought this was a filler show. Um, I thought that the and it, and it was. It was. Yeah, yeah. This, this and for but it. I, I like. I felt like with the with the hype and. With so many money, uh, you know, elimination chamber qualifying matches on the show, I thought this would be a more noteworthy show. That's why, that's why I asked you the question of were you surprised? Because that was my personal biggest surprise about the Rock and Roman segment was that there was there, there's nothing to write home about it. Like, like I can't say that we got any like development of the story. I felt like we were gonna get at least like a challenge out there or well, something, but it was more of like. Okay, now that they're together, we're presenting them on 
you know, one of our main television shows for the first time. This was more of like establishing that they are together more than giving us another yeah. chapter of the story. Well, I call it a maintenance show. All they got to do is just maintain what they have. And I don't think Rock and Roman could advance the story with Cody anymore than it's already booked. They can just talk about that. They didn't say anything about Perth at all, did they? No. Cody just, they, they look at Perth just like a, just an, a live event. Well, they did. They, they did announce this week that uh, Grayson Waller will host the Grayson Waller effect with Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes. And then earlier in the night on the show, we saw Paul Heyman talking to Grayson Waller. So I don't know if that's going to play into anything, or maybe we get the challenge for WrestleMania night one at the, on that, on that little segment there. What do you, th what do you think about in the future that the rock will start as the head of the, head of the group, him and him and the, the Samoans <laughs> and have a, a fight with Triple H similar to what, and I can't even say his name, Vince McMahon had with, you know, he's going to fire everybody. He was the head of, head of the company. You think, do you think uh, the rock could fit into that role? I think the Rock could fit into like the 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 heel authority figure with his his real life role. I think that he can he can fit it, and especially now that Triple H can't wrestle, I think that you're gonna need someone that is of like that big stature because it would probably be Triple H if he was still able to wrestle. He probably would still be wrestling and still be pinning over a couple of the younger stars. And now you have the Rock that can do that. So I think that I think is that is for certain. I think I said it last week. I think I said it last week. The best way that they can set up a lot of different things, in my opinion, at WrestleMania 40 for like the next two WrestleManias is if they have Rock win, Rock and Roman win the tag matchup against Seth and Cody and have Rock, Rock gets the win in that matchup for that team. Whether it's against Seth or against Cody, personally, I think it should be against Cody. And then Cody wins against Roman Reigns. Then you have the whole, who is the real leader of the bloodline? Because without Roman having that title, then it becomes a debate. Then it becomes who is the more powerful. It's, up, it, it's up in the air. <clears throat> That's not bad. Yeah. But they got a whole creative team talking this stuff every day. And they're looking around corners and looking under chairs and around looking in peepholes. They're trying to find any little thing they can find, but it's right there. I mean, they don't have to look hard because the crew they have now, that's an all-star crew and they're putting it together. And I'm very interested to see how it's going to come out. I don't think I'm the only one. I think the ratings now will reach. Um, when's the last time they hit 3 million viewers on raw or SmackDown? Several years. Yeah, it's been a couple of years at least. I, th I think we'll start seeing that now. I wanted to ask you another thing because we got the report uh, this week. I think it was in the Rusty Observer newsletter that The Rock was the one that made the call for Cody to take back the spot at WrestleMania and for him to go heel. What do you think about? And you're someone that has worked with The Rock in the past, seen him. Yeah, I believe, I believe that. Up. You, is that something that you believe in? What do you think about The Rock as a like a creative mind? 
I think he's been there long enough. See, I don't think he wants to go around a lot of loops and this and that and the other to get there. I think he knows where he wants to get there. Now, the little nooks and crannies that they're going to fill in there, that's up to the creative team. And that's up to the talent. But I think Rock knows where the money is. The money runs through him and and the Samoans. So he he will keep that. He 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 will keep that in front and work off that because now he he has the crew. I, I don't think you could ask for a better crew. And now he's got more guys coming up, coming around, and it it from a year ago from today. It's like night and day. It's like somebody flipped the light on. Now this is what you got now. Now you can see what you got. Before you were like, you had a little microscope down there looking for a little, you, you couldn't find anybody except Gunther. Now he's gone, but he, he, he was a bright he's light and Roman, well. and, and Roman and Roman. And, but now they got, they have the, they have the, the, the horses to run. So get them out there and let them run. Because I think the people, they want to see it. And we'll go back. I've said this time and time and time again. It's the story. When Cody says, I want to finish my story, that's exactly the people want to see him finish the story and start another one. And Triple H said it not too long ago on, I've learned a new word, scrum. (laughs) This. AEW started to scrum. So when they were interviewing Triple H, he said the story never ends. That's always been my uh, my thought anyway. When you tell a story, the people, the fans remember that story. And you can get away from that story two weeks, three weeks, and get right back into it because now they're kind of missing it. So you go right back into the story and you're doing something they understand. Why is this guy not liking this guy? Well, three weeks ago, you know, they did this and this and this. And another fan could explain it to him. Oh, okay, I got it now. So the the story, just keep the story going and you can keep it going with, with the same people. How did territories years and years and years ago keep it going? Because they didn't change the talent that much. They had to keep it going. They'd get their big heel and their big baby face, and they'd go back and forth. And then the heel would get somebody to help him, and the baby face would get somebody to help him. And then they'd get rid of those guys, and they'd bring more in. But they always kept their like their the nucleus of heels and baby faces who they pushed. And if you got in with that group, you got over. And then you, they'd probably take you back down to where you were before. <clears throat> but at least you got in the same league with the guys they were pushing, which actually raised your worth. It raised your value in the company. So it's not hard to understand, but I, I do like what they're doing here in WWE a lot because now I could be a fan again. Now I don't want to know what they're going to do. I want them to show me. And I want to say, oh, I got it. I got it. And I think that's what most wrestling fans feel. You know, when did you become a wrestling fan? I was, had to be about four years old, maybe three, four years really? old. Really? Yeah. Like four or five years old. I remember. Yeah. 
But you still remember those days. Yeah, I do. That's when I started yeah. remembering. I was probably watching it before that because my 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 family was into wrestling. <laughs> Tonight's show kind of reminded me of the Attitude Era because that show moved fast. Mm-hmm. It moved right through it quickly, and the matches didn't overextend themselves. And how many matches have you watched on SmackDown? The match just goes on and on, and you're saying, "God, please wrap it up, do something." Just I, I will nothing, say that nothing this, else. Fake, fake a knee injury and go down and can't continue. Do something, save me. I will say that the uh, the in ring uh, action, especially with the two men's elimination chamber uh, qualifying matches, was really good on this show. We'll get into that first. Uh, first, we got a super chat donation for, once again from Chuck Berries. Thank you so much, Chuck. He says uh, Roman and Rock reminds me of Dwayne Wade and LeBron James when he went to Miami in 2010. Except that this LeBron James in Roman Reigns already is the champion he's not learning to become a champion like lebron had to when he went to miami but that is a good comparison though it's basically the this new generation two-man power trip the austin uh triple h two-man power trip from 2001 that's rock and roman in 2024 okay i'll buy that now i I know what he's talking about i didn't follow that because it's basketball i'm not a huge basketball fan I used to be a baseball fan before I used to go to sleep watching it. You know, you just pass out watching between pitches. And uh, I'm kind of a football fan. And even football had to speed the game up because it was too slow. Time to get back in the huddle and do this and do that. And But wrestling, you know, they can speed it up at any time. The match could be going on. Speed this thing up. Do something. So – that's what that's what I like about it. But anyway, I enjoyed the show. Wasn't too long. Uh, now I'm gonna take something back. I said the other day, uh, Paul Ellering and the group AOL and AOP. watch his face. Yeah, AOP. Yeah. The Final Testament. They showed more tonight than they've showed in any any other outing. And even well, the girl let, changed let, her. Let, she changed you, you her. Start, you start going all over the place. Let's start. Like, you I don't, were, I don't we were, that's we the, were on, that's the we way on, I talk. We were on the Ben's uh, elimination uh, chamber matches. Uh, we should note that that first one was uh, Kevin Owens beating Dominic Mysterio. Dominic tried to talk on the mic uh, before the matchup. Good. Of course, he got drowned out. Massive heat. Our truth came out. He was cheering for the Miz, who he thought was Kevin Owens. Uh, Dom eventually axes our truth to hand him a chair, but our truth instead sits down in the chair, turning Dom down, and then Dom go- walks into a super kick and the pop-up power bomb for Kevin Owens to advance to the elimination chamber match. I like that we saw some advancement in the R Truth story, him thinking that he's been a member of the Judgment Day. Now it seems like all the beatings that he's taken from the Judgment Day has gotten through to him and he realized that he's not their friend. Mm-hmm. Well, our truth, he gets himself over. Yeah. He's got that gimmick. He just gets himself over. You like him. If anything bad happens to him, you're going to feel bad about him. I don't care what he does. So, and I saw him out there. He helped the match. He didn't slow the match down, added to it. He added to his 
his story out there. He can piece all this together. Now the people are getting a, they're getting a feeling for our truth. Now he's a stone cold baby face. I don't think you could make him heal. I really don't. I think the people like him too much. So, and he went out there and he helped our, uh, helped Owens to win. That's fine. And even, uh, the uh, Mysterio kid, he got beat, but didn't hurt him because they came back later in a in an interview with him. And I know I thought I thought I thought it didn't hurt him because this was one of his better matches. This is this mm -hmm. was a really good Dom match up here. He worked really well with Kevin Owens here, so I didn't think he lost anything by losing by a track was that, from Truth. Was that a was that a multi? Uh, did they take a break in that match? Yeah. Well, that's the match I said, I hope they don't take three breaks in this. And I wish they hadn't have taken any break in it, but at least they made it as entertaining as they could. Uh, they had a good match, a good match. Who was in the second one? The other one was Logan Paul going one-on-one -on -one with The Miz. This was a rematch from SummerSlam 2022. And yep. boy, oh boy, this was a really good matchup. I thought that it the was. Miz, he he really was kind of like the glue of this matchup, really bringing this. Yeah. Oh, he was the glue. The psychology, the work on the knee was very well done. I thought Logan Paul sold the knee uh, very well in this one. Of course, Logan Paul had to try to cheat and uh, be sneaky going for the brass knuckles on the outside. But Miz stopped I, I didn't, him. I didn't, I didn't get that. What Why want? did the guy have the knuckles? That's one of his podcast uh, co-hosts. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah, he's he's there for every one of his matches here. Uh, but yeah, he does doesn't use that. But he breaks the eyes behind the referee's back. He uh he then punches him with the with the loaded fist, but not with the brass knuckles, but the clear fist. And then he says, "I'm going to elimination chamber," and does like a reverse skull crushing finale for the one two three. Uh. I thought that this was a really good matchup. I thought like Logan Paul and Miz worked really well together. And I liked the kind of the changing because the first time they went against each other, Miz was the heel. Logan Paul was the baby face. This worked better for me with Miz as the baby face. Oh, yeah. and Logan Paul as the heel. Okay. Who, who taught Logan Paul to put all this stuff together? Or is he just he, a natural? He's one of the best naturals that we've ever seen come into wrestling. He, honestly. Oh, he's, he's got it. And if, if you don't ask me, will, will he get it? Very few can do that. But he he can do it. Yeah. And he's got the showmanship. Uh, and he's got the moves. And he under he understands pro wrestling. He understands it. Yeah. And you want to like him, but you just can't because he's just a smart ass. You want to punch him. So, but his actual work immaculate i've never used that word to describe a guy but he is almost like uh you know i can't remember names tonight who's the guy who does all the flying around what's his name ricochet. i can't remember any names ricochet he does all, i would like have, have they had a match they've yeah, had they a match had SummerSlam last year they had a great match so logan paul my hat's off to him because I think he has it all, but as he's a he, he he has to be a heel first, and then the the fans will change him, yeah. and you can tell when they're getting ready to change him, because I've seen a lot of heels all of a sudden they couldn't be heels anymore because the fans liked them and they didn't want to boo them anymore.
and they just, then we'd, have, we'd have to change them. Uh, the uh, only other note from the men's elimination chamber side, as far as the build for tonight, yeah, Drew McIntyre with an interview backstage, he says that he was the only one who needs to win the elimination chamber. Everybody else wants to wants to win it, but LA Knight walks in and tells Drew his moment will be stolen one more time at the elimination chamber. McIntyre told Knight that he was good, but Drew said that he sees through Knight. Knight is insecure. Knight says that McIntyre hasn't hasn't been a champion of anything since Knight has been in WWE. Knight brought up the CM Punk Drew McIntyre shirt, and he says that you're going to put your name above CM Punk's name. He says McIntyre's aspirations will end <laughs> up the same as Punk's six feet <laughs> under, and then officials come and break them up, and then it's announced later in the night we're going to have LA Knight versus Drew McIntyre next week right here on SmackDown. I like he called him DM Punk. <laughs> Drew McIntyre Punk. That was actually pretty good. Yeah, so, Drew, Drew called himself DM Hunk the other week uh, oh, after okay. after uh, he attacked Punk. Well, it, it was a good little twist. I got it. So maybe somebody else may, may get it. But, yeah, I want to see what comes of that because I like both those guys. And I, I like uh, – uh, L.A. Knight a little, little bit better because he has, uh, L.A. Knight has just hung in there and hung in there and hung in there through going through uh, TNA and NXT and but he's been in there and now he's there now he's making it count and I'm glad for him he's a good guy I think Drew McIntyre has been the best character in WWE. So I'm all down for Drew McIntyre more on SmackDown. So next week, mm -hmm. Drew versus LA Knight. Then we had a backstage interview with the number one contenders for the undisputed WWE tag team titles, Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate. Dunne says that things were going great, and last week was proof of that. Dunne says that all that's left to do is win the tag team titles at the Chamber. Bate says that their new name is the New Catch Republic. Dom shows up out of nowhere and says that they won't beat anyone in Judgment Day. So Bate challenges uh, Dom to team up with R-Truth to have a match next week. But Dom says uh, R-Truth's not in Judgment Day. So he says, okay, then JD then. So it's going to be JD mm -hmm. and Dom versus New Catch Republic. What do you think about that name? It's okay. Because it's so, it sounds so... We laugh at it now, but it may catch on. Who knows? New Catch Republic. But... I'm interested in seeing that match now since they, they couched it in those terms. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to see, I'm going to see what they're going to give me. I've never seen it before. Never even thought about it before. So it'll be something new. That's what I liked about uh, SmackDown tonight because some of those matches I had, hadn't even occurred to me. They would have them. And that's why I think the, the it, it flew by and it was entertaining. That's what you want in a wrestling show. 
Then you had the women's elimination chamber qualifying matchups. Dutch, you had Tiffany Stratton versus Selena Vega. I thought this match exceeded my expectations. I thought this was a really solid matchup. Tiffany Stratton, once again, uh, picking up a victory in this one against Selena Vega, who I thought was the more of the, the looked better in this matchup. I thought she showed good fire in this match. Uh, going, she was distracted by Legato, who was sitting front row. She got into a whole confrontation with Electra, throwing her over the barricade and then back over to Legato, but that distracted her enough for Tiffany Stratton to hit a spine buster, followed by the, the prettiest moonsault ever. But she's now 0 2 for hitting that prettiest moonsault ever because she had to have broken Zelina Fagan's no ribs with that, no that moonsault. Oh her my knee, god, her knee, her knee came right in here, and I'm thinking, and I've watched Selena Vega. You know, it was a referee, and I I didn't see her grabbing. I thought I would see her grabbing. Oh, I saw it. I saw it. She had to hurt her. Go back and watch. She wants to grab it, but it's it's Tiffany Pinzer. But she's like she's like waiting to grab at the ribs. Like, oh man, crushed her, crushed her. Well, she needs to learn to do that a little better. Or Selena Vega needs to know how to adjust. If she sees she's coming down short, just move in a little bit. Yeah. And it won't take many of those to get her to do that. I think she so, got to uh, talk she, to like EO Sky. EO Sky does the moonsault for her finish. She just got to talk to her as far as like positioning. I think that's been the issue with the first two times she's done her finish is that she hasn't got the position right on where to put her opponent for her to do that. Uh, move. I would say when they go out there before the show goes on the air and they're going through that, I think we need to give her some crash pads and let her. <laughs> draw somebody out there and say, land right here. So, right in the middle, please. <laughs> no, it, if you raise your head or what, you know, you could get it right here, right straight across the nose. Your nose is broken and you'll we, be we, out for a month or six weeks. I watched, I watched Rampage earlier tonight and it, that happened to Jeff Hardy in a match with Sammy Guevara. Oh. He, he did, oh, a, man. he did like a 450 and his knee crushed, crushed. Uh, Jeff Hardy's face and he broke his nose. He did break his nose. Yeah, he broke his nose. It, it was it was blood all over the mat, Dutch. Like it was obvious Ooh. he broke his nose. Wow. Uh, the second of the uh, women's chamber qualifying matches saw Naomi have making her main roster singles in ring return against Alba Fire. I thought that this was not as good as the first one because it felt a little bit slow. Like these two were just getting a, like a feel of one another. It just felt, uh, you know, a lot less intriguing as well uh, because it was obvious Naomi was going to win this one. So it just felt like they were kind of wasting time with how this match went actually longer than the first one, which I thought that I was like, that was a mistake. But I really no. like I really like Naomi's new theme song. That was great. And I like that the fact that she's still using the starstruck finish, which got her the win here by tap out over Alba Fire. And the lineup so far for the women's elimination chamber is now Becky Lynch, Liv Morgan, Bianca Belair, Naomi, and Tiffany Stratton with one more spot to be filled in the last chance battle royale. What did you think about Naomi versus Alba Fire? See, I don't, I don't know Alba, Alba Fire. I don't know her. I know the name, and I maybe seen her a time or two. I think she needs more outings for me to kind of get on her bandwagon. Uh, I don't understand her, 
her, her gimmick. I don't understand what that is. What is it? I think they're supposed to be witches. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't know how to explain it better than that. Yeah, but see, witches, I don't don't think they they really, I don't think anybody has any kind of strong opinions right now about witches. And I don't know, but I, I don't get her gimmick. I don't get what the other girl, they're just, I don't know. So we'll let WWE take their development along and maybe they'll hit on something that I kind of get. And I mean, I'm a fan. I'm an older fan anyway. So a lot of things won't hit me like it's going to hit young people. Young people could be all over that. I don't know. But for me, witches, eh, I, I don't ever remember a witch as a girl, you know, a wrestler or performer getting over. I never, I don't even remember a witch period. Um, maybe be changed that W to a B. I knew some of those. <laughs> I mean, I, the but only the, one I, but the witch getting over, no, it's not the only one it. I even really think that would count would be like Luna Vachon when, uh, but I don't know if that, that's not real consider a witch when she was first with uh, Kevin Sullivan. She was just evil and he yeah. was evil too. Yeah. Like, you know, they didn't really have it attached to anything. They were just whatever they were. You could, and I, I like that better where you could put your own imagination to it and make them whatever you want, wanted to make them. But saying there are witches, and I don't, I don't get that at all. Backstage segment where they had AJ Styles sitting in a backstage and the OC walks in. Styles uh, and Anderson get into it, trading uh, barbs with one another. Styles pie faces Anderson. Anderson pushes him. They start trading uh, uh, pushes with one another. They're breathing heavily at each other. Styles walks away while Anderson looks all mad. There are issues in the OC, Dutch. Oh, yeah, that- but I don't know what the issues are, so maybe they'll tell me. <laughs> but just seeing yeah. that, just seeing the two guys have a have a tiff, that still didn't excite me to see them lock up. I just don't see it. That's fair. I mean, you know, what I'm saying is, is that I don't feel the chemistry yet. So you feel the chemistry between, you know, Roman and The Rock. You feel that. But here you got two guys in a tag team <clears throat> that I haven't seen on TV in like a, a months and months and months. I mean, I've seen them on TV, but not in a match. They would be walking AJ out there. Now, yeah, we know they're connected. They're attached. But for them to all of a sudden have a have a disagreement, eh, didn't do anything for me. Oh, They'd so have a good match. I'll they've say been that. developing since Styles came back, but I, I could, I, I understand if you're not interested in it. They haven't done anything to make you interested in it. Uh, then we get uh, some. That's de- what I was trying to say. <laughs> we get some- done zero. Okay. We got some development in the EO Sky Bailey build as we get a video first from EO Sky, Kyrie Sane, and Asuka. They are damage control, apparently. They're speaking that was in good. Japanese. Sky says that uh, it's EO's era. They talk about how Bailey is the one that really betrayed them and how they were the ones that yep. were strong and that damage control may have been her vision, but they're the ones that made it possible. Asuka then calls out Dakota Kai and 
Sane does the same, saying that if they if she thinks that they she can betray them, she must have another thing coming, and they're gonna come for her. And then Oscar says that no one is ready for damage control. I like that. I like him speaking Japanese, and you know I, I can kind of get a I can kind of get attached to that. They have chemistry together. Yeah, Bailey and those the, the Japanese girls they have, they have chemistry. Chemistry. Now, who did Bailey talk to? What what is her name? Bailey was walking backstage and she was interrupted by Dakota Kai, who told Bailey that damage control is coming after her. Bailey says that she didn't know who she can trust, and Dakota says that she's the only one that uh that uh. She says that Bailey's the only one that she can trust, but Bailey says that she couldn't talk right now, and she walks away from Kai, and Kai kind of seemed confused and upset by Bailey's actions. So I feel like this is all a setup. This is all a setup that they're just trying to lure Bailey in, and then Dakota's going to turn her back on her. Okay, how long do you think it would take for that to happen? I think they can't like two more weeks out of this because because they rushed the the actual turn. Like I said, I've been saying for weeks that the turn was great. The back in a vacuum, it was great. It was not built to properly. So I feel like they're trying to build properly to the Dakota turn. So I'm willing to give them about two more weeks. Well, I'm willing to give them a little more to set it up. Yeah, because Dakota Sky is that her name? Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai. I think they got to give her, they got to kind of entice the viewer to come in and say, no, she won't turn. She won't turn on Bailey. Then when she does it, now it's going to be more of a shock. So I will give them more than two weeks and let's see where they are. Because I'm not riding it. You're not either. We're just, I'm just, you're just saying what you feel. And it would be a great turn. It would be if they get it to where they need it to be. And we got another super chat donation. Thank you so much, Cliffside. Uh, we got Cliffside who says, Mr. Mantel, any advice for growing a legendary beard and mustache? Well, first of all, you can't be a female to grow this mustache. You have to be a male and you have to have like, you know, male features and all this. but. Yeah, you got, if you can grow a beard, you just, you grow it long. What What are you, why are you shaking your head? No, you just grow it long and then kind of shape it. Or you can go, now I've never done this. I've never went to a barber and said, shape my beard. I've never done that. I've just, oh, it, it's hit or miss. You know, and you get your little trimmers out. And it takes up like 15 minutes of my morning and I don't, and I don't even do it every day, but you just, Trim it out and, you know, just, I mean, get it the way you want it. And and it changes daily. It can, you know, if you miss a lick, you, you messed it all up. So, but there's no secret to it. It's hit or miss. And sometimes when it gets there, it gets there. If it don't, well, keep trying because you'll get it there. You'll get it halfway right, even by accident. You, you'll get it somewhere in there. But here... This has probably taken me six months, I guess, or more. I mean, I've always had the beard and the mustache. So now I had it when I was in the uh, WWE. I, it was more like a straight line out. 
but now I've let it drop and turn it up. So I like it. And you know, when you see me, who I am, I mean, that's my, my trademark right there. So if I don't have that, you go, Oh, I know your voice, but I don't know. Are you who I think you are? And I say, yeah, whatever, you know, kind of a little embarrassing when people don't know who you are, but so I got to slap the hell out of them, you know? Okay. Is he still there? Okay. That made you yeah. $5 there, Mr. There you go. You give him a $5 explanation. There That's very, very good. So. Well, yes, uh, definitely. Thank you so much, Cliffside, for the Super Chat donation. But finally, with SmackDown, only two more things to, to mention here. You had you wanted to mention AOP was a very dominant win, a squash victory over Javier Banal and uh, Bo, uh, Bo Morris. And I think that it's not surprising that this was the best that they, they've looked because that's what AOP is best at, squash wins. Yeah, I mean... It, don't ask them to go out there and work. I mean, that's just too much. I mean, hey, we're getting in the ring and we're doing this and we're taking up TV time. And hey, even uh, the girl, she changed her hair color. She's not a blonde anymore. She's a brunette. She changed up. And but I still didn't like them. I mean, it just it was just two guys waiting to get the crap beat out of them. And I liked the way they stood there and they. Just, Oh yeah, we're ready to go. And the guys beat him like what a like a minute. Yeah. It was yeah. quick. But it's the best they've looked. Uh and I don't know. I, I still haven't changed my my attitude on them. I think they're just they just they just fill in space. And I don't I don't know what they think they can do with those guys. I really don't. Because if they had to carry on a 12-minute match, 10 minutes, people be going to the concession stand. I call that the concession stand match. When you want to – say if they come up to you, and they used to come up to me and they say, Dutch, listen, on the first intermission, we set a record. We sold 82 hot dogs. I said, we can beat that. Then if I had a team like OP, I'd sit them out there right before intermission again, and I swear to God, they'd sell 100 hot dogs. During the match – then uh, the inter uh, intermission would hit right after the match. So instead of having a like a 10-minute intermission, we'd have like a 20-minute intermission so they could really get to those hot dogs. I could, I could really make the, uh, the concession stand make some money. You you just learned promoting one on one how you how you raise the concession stands from Dutch Mantel, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah, that well that is a deal. And I've told the concession stand guy, and he said, "Man, it sounds great to me." Sounds He's like, great. it sounds like a oh, deal yeah. to me. Uh, that sounds oh, great. Yeah. He loved it. So, but anyway, one, I, 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 know, I haven't one, I haven't changed my attitude on OP. Is that their names? AOP. Oh, what? AOP. What's that mean? What's that mean anyway? Authors of pain. What? Authors of pain. Authors of pain. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, that strikes fear in somebody's heart. Go ahead. One final segment for us to touch on because it sets up what we're going to see next week as Nick Aldis came out. We saw him in the stands with Jade Cargill and Braun Breaker. We saw him backstage in his office with the two free agents as well. And then he announced that one of the free agents had made their decision. And it was, in fact, the current NXT Tag Team Champion, 
Braun Breaker has officially signed with the SmackDown brand and will make his in-ring debut on SmackDown next week on the show. What do you think about Braun Breaker being on SmackDown? And what do you think about what's his kind of his potential? What's his ceiling on the blue No, I I don't think he has a ceiling. I think he can go as I think he has a talent enough to go as far up as they want him to go. He has taken the place of Brock Lesnar and he kind of fell in at the right time because Brock took a hiatus, not voluntarily, but he had to take one. So a spot opens up for a big, strong guy and they can just fill him right in, in, in Brock's places. I did not like that interview in the back though. They're taking those girls and making them cute and funny. And I don't think they get over that way. I, I really don't. So we'll see. I mean, it's their show. I don't have to like everything, but I do like Von Breaker. And if I'm talking about my favorite girl, it's Chelsea Green. I, she's on Raw, though, right? Yeah, she's Raw. Yeah. Well, I, I miss her on SmackDown because there's a girl that has the potential and the personality to go right on up there because the people like her. Yeah. She's very likable and she's kind of funny. And she fits the role. And you don't have to put her on top. Just put her in there. Let her do Chelsea Green's stupid shit, and she'll get over. Indeed. Dutch, let the people know where they can follow you on social media, what you got going on on your podcast and everywhere else. Well, you know, I had a podcast that hit, you know, one of the little clips they take out, almost 340,000 views. And I went, damn, that's over a quarter of a million. Yeah. Of course, I was talking about Vince. And that's why I said when we started the show. Now, let's talk Vince. Vince is hot. Vince is all over the world. He's in all the papers, all over the world. Really, he's in, he's in Japan and he's in China and Africa and everywhere. You know, because everybody knows him. So that's what I talked about. And it hit, hit, hit 340,000 views. It's on YouTube. It's called Storytime with Dutch. And come over. And when you come over, don't come over and just hit there. Subscribe. Subscribe to the channel. And I, I'll appreciate that. And, and what else was I going to say? Uh, I have two books out. If you want the books, write Dirty Dutch Mantel with two L's at gmail.com. If you want a hat. Same place, right to me. And uh, I'm starting my own little store. What are you doing? I'm pointing. I'm pointing to the hat. I was pointing to the hat. Oh, wait. wait, wait. I'll, I'll put it up again. Yeah, there you go. There. There you go. Yeah. The University of Dutch and student loans, I don't accept it. So you're going to have to pay your own way here. And it's not, it's not very much. But I have a diploma, too, the University of Dutch diploma, signed by the college president. That's Dutch Bentel. Signed by the college provost. That's Zeb Coulter with the stamp on it to certify it. A great-looking diploma. You can hang it right on the wall. That's what I'm doing. And you can follow me on the Twitter machine at TrueHeelSP3. And I will be live tomorrow, 11.05 a.m. Eastern Time. The True Hill Heat Flagship Podcast. The best look at the entire week in professional wrestling. Join us live tomorrow. The True Jaw Josh will be there. Miss Chrissy Love. And we'll talk about this week in wrestling with 
everything going down with Rock, Roman, Cody, Visick Man News, everything else. Uh, I'm going to mention one more thing. I'm doing the only signing that I've agreed to do this year. It's in May, May the, uh, the 10th and 11th. It's in Evansville, Indiana. Uh, and uh, I'll be joined by, and it has mostly the Memphis guys. Lawler, Jerry Lawler will be there. Bilden D will be there. Uh, Austin Ida will be there. I think Coco Beware will be there. Uh, and if you were familiar with uh, Memphis wrestling, of course, everybody was. You come see us, and we're going to be at the National Guard Army. We were going to be in the old building where we used to have the wrestling, but it's going under renovation. So we'll be at the National Guard Army May the 11th, uh, 10th and 11th. So come and see us. There you have it. Go over and like this video. Share this video with all your wrestling fans, friends, and family. And sound off in the comments down below. Tell us what you think about everything going down with Visick Man, Stephanie McMahon, Ashley Manzaro. Let us know what you think about The Rock and Roman Reigns on SmackDown and everything you thought about this week's show in the comments down below. For Dutch Mantel, for Rick Uchino, who missed this week, he'll be back with us next week. This has been Smack Talk. On Sports Kita by WrestleBitch. Later, y'all. See you next week.